you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Works harder at home than at the office. <laughs> What's an office? Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hanses. I come to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes. Greg Rosenthal. And back on the show. And what a treat. Matt Money Smith. Yes. Now we're back to work. Greg, this is the beginning now. This is the beginning. It feels like it. You know, NFL Now returned today, the, the television show, which sometimes uh, puts us on. Matt Money Smith has hosted it in the past. That's like We had a, a, we had a standing segment, actually, you yeah, and we, I, Rosie. We did. Yeah. We would like show little highlights. Uh, it does feel like uh, we're like cranking back up. We have two podcasts this week. We have a TV show this week. It is like buckle, buckle up until February. How about you, Money? You ready? You ready for that, Dan? Oh, I'm ready. Yeah, more importantly for you, the the stars of NFL Network's Around the NFL, the stars of the Around <laughs> the NFL podcast. Uh, look, the content you two, uh, along with Sessler and whichever heroes uh, you choose to designate in any given week, and Erica, uh, look, that is that is critical to the success or failure of NFL Network and NFL Digital Properties. What I do, look, you guys are the, uh, think of it as you're the granite. Right, you're the you're the granite, you're the marble, and I am simply the caulk that ah! goes between those Wait, tiles what? to make sure that everybody the, uh, loves the floor caulk, is walkable. <laughs> you know, I, that's the word on the street. Although I, it feels like maybe it's becoming less and less important. You know, like now there's self sticking tiles, and we don't need as much caulk as we used to. The world needs caulk; it's important. Yeah. Hey, money. By the way, did <laughs> yeah. we find out? Speaking of assignments, um, did our power rankings show get picked up for 2021? Do we know that yet? Our television not, program. Not, not to share too much, but uh, the if it were, uh, even though today in Seal Beach, as I look out my window, it is a <laughs> glorious 75 and sunny. Uh, the forecast for the future of money is anything but sunny and 75. <laughs> it's a bit cloudy and uncertain. <laughs> at Whoa, this particular boy. point so i am not sure i hope power rankings comes back i hope i'm part of it and uh because you know as far <laughs> as i was concerned it was it was an anchor i mean it was an anchor on which a day's programming was built around you know like they would drop uh-huh power rankings in like okay if we put this at three eastern mm-hmm. we can move this to two and then that way it, you know we can we can help power rankings can help carry that as a lead in right. and then it'll help build it wasn't an, an audience anchor that like college. dragged everything else down no no, no it's not an albatross <laughs> not an albatross what about an what about let's get away from the anchor because greg makes a good point there's some negative connotations there sure we were the sun and okay. the planet that works Revolve that works it. we were the including sun the uh of the NFL including greg's system. show the one with uh hawk and cynthia that one that's like a little like the planet that got that got run out of town which one got run out of town the planet that was uh, Uranus, was it? <laughs> uh, Pluto. Pluto got popped in a big spot. Pluto is nothing but a rock now. It is no longer a planet. But but I would assume <laughs> if if Greg's uh, 
Pickham Pluto is Pluto. Pluto returns, right? I believe the Pickham show is certainly going to come back. It's coming back. It's yeah. coming back. This is like a fake. <laughs> they, they just they don't plan anything, and you don't know anything. And you you've been around this company long enough. You don't know anything until about mid August. So this is like a fake right. first week back because the teams aren't really back. This is more us just like all right, we're start. This is like the beginning of the workout routine as we're starting to get ready for the big fight. It's the very beginning. So, you know. Oh, you know what? That's I'm glad you brought that up, Greg, because uh, as a distance runner, I, I would love for you to. Show share with the around the NFL <laughs> audience. Uh, what kind of warm upper are you when it comes to running your your marathons? Are you a, a butt kicker? Are you a high knees? Uh, like, do you kind of sprint back and forth in the parking lot before the, the gun fires off? Or are you just like, whatever, I'm gonna crush <laughs> this banana, take a leak on this tree, and I'm running yeah, I don't, 26.2. I don't I don't warm. I don't really warm up. I guess. Oh, wait, the, I only did a marathon once. But for the halves or stuff, I don't think. Yeah, maybe may, I just ate a banana and you go. There you yeah. go. I like the butt kicker yeah. following by the pee on the tree. Right. I, that, that would be my call. Butt kicker, high knees, super, <laughs> super, super short dolphin shorts. You know, Definitely the running headband. top. Yeah. They, uh, two fi- I could see Greg doing the two fingers in the Vaseline, though, and rubbing his no, nipples before never, he takes off. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah oh, yeah. Chafing's yeah. a problem. I definitely I use you. the Vaselines on the nipples. That you, there you go. You make that mistake without it once, and you don't do it again. <laughs> Greg, Greg, well known for his bloody nips. Um, <laughs> All right, show. we're off. Uh, we're, it's going to be uh, news heavy. We're going to get caught up here because, yes, we've been doing one show a week for a bit now, um, but we're going to have a show today, Monday, Thursday. And by the way, we don't need it on the subreddit. Get off Twitter. Just relax. Enjoy the summer. And I know the the variant, the Delta variants out there. So I'm not going to say everything's great now Stop and it. just, you know, and to act like nothing's wrong. Uh, but Mark's fine. Mark's going to be here on Thursday. And uh, I hope And if he's not, then worry. If Mark's not on the show on Thursday worry and then oh, we have a right. right is, is that the issue with mark mark's got covid mark does not have covid and I, <laughs> oh. I i apologize if i wasn't clear enough i don't know what mark is i don't know where he's at physically i just know that he's alive and he's still with the company and he'll be All back right. thursday we and then that. we'll be back with the network show on friday and uh, before we get to the news just want to ask a question and i'll start with you mr rosenthal with, with your vaseline nips do you do a vaseline nip right before a podcast I mean, I don't safe. do it anymore. That that was only for like a long, long race. You know, not I'm not running too far anymore. Did you ever let someone else apply it or was it always <laughs> self-application? <laughs> the wife ever handle yeah. it? I mean, that's not the only place the Vaseline is going. So, yeah, you don't want <laughs> right. oh, to wash your hands after it's that. It's the late night pod. We're going to have to wait till after Justin Graver filling in for Ricky. Nobody's coming <laughs> AT, to the show ATN anymore. after dark. That's yeah, this one has here. to go up after midnight uh, on the East Coast. Justin, all right, before we get into the news, Greg, uh, as we get back into the swing of things, uh, we're not quite there. We're getting there, just like the NFL's getting there. But what would what would be something that would jolt you mm. uh, out of this offseason malaise that we found ourselves in? Yeah, and I, and I choose to enj- view it like you do, just enjoying the summer. Once it went down to uh, Money's neck of the woods, and Otani delivered us a home run. You know, it was mm. like it was worth the worth the price of admission to go there, even though they yeah. lost. Um, it's really, you know, they're doing this thing where they're starting all the training camps on the same day, which I think will add to this um, phenomenon even more. For me, it's it's the news flow of the first three days of training camp. So there's nothing that's going to do it in the next 12 days. I always think, like, I, I still am a news junkie, and I'm waiting for that news flow to get rolling um, to get my juices flowing. Because I think it will. Because more happens in the first four or five days of training camp, I would say, to change how you're thinking about this season, then 
happen from the draft on or really almost from free agency on. And I, I'll admit it. I am having harder time this year to get like, you know, to get Same. the engine revving. I, I mean, it, it's because of Chris and at least for me, at least yep. I, it's, it's because this is going to be the first season without Chris. And because after the year we, you know, we've gone through not just the pandemic, but obviously Chris, that we needed this time away. And so cranking it back up and, and getting ready for this first season we've ever done without him. I mean, he's been part of my football season since 2009. Um, and so that that's it. But I do think that the it's injuries, it's position battles, it's contract, it's different things. Like you, you have this whole idea and everyone just starts copying each other and there's all these season previews out and they're all great and everything. And really you learn, I think you learn a lot in the first like week of training camp more than, more than the entire off season. Cause the season is the teams and the season and the players are always way different than you think they are. You think they are where you left them off last year, but they're just not, it's just not how it's going to be. Right. Some players are going to rise. Some, some are going to fall. And I think the news hound in me will get, get will get cranking <laughs> once those first three or four days start rolling through. How about you money? Well, I, I hate to say it, but because I know what's going to happen, but I think when we finally get that, that closure that Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay and he's going to be a Packer this year, uh, that to me signals, all right, we're, we're in, we're moving. Cause I do think he's going to show up before, you know, at the start of training camp. I don't think he's going to hold out. I don't think we're going to get any of that. And I think that'll signal that all of the off season rhetoric, Oh, could he be a Bronco? Could he be a Steeler? Like that'll come to an end. Right. And it's, Oh, are Aaron Rodgers nice. and the Packers going to win the NFC this year after knocking on the door of the last two and we get back to football conversation, not off-season what-ifs? Yeah, I'm with you. That, that, that was the first thing that popped into my mind. And I find myself just generally like – maybe annoyed is not the right word. But just as I'm enjoying this summer, and it's been a lot of travel. I just got back from Denver. I'm in Texas now. I was in California, in New Jersey before that, and and uh, and this Aaron Rodgers thing. Every time I'm at a bar or something, like ESPN or probably our network too, are inventing these stories. To, to what is Aaron Rodgers going to do? Where is he going to be next? And ultimately, as we know, the Packers hold all the cards. He's under contract, and they have there are no place to trade the best quarterback in the league coming off his MVP season. So I think he's going to be there. But once we get that news and you can put that story to bed, we can start talking about real football yeah. again. I'll throw one more name out there. Nobody really likes to talk about it right now, but it's Deshaun Watson uh, right. with the sexual assault allegations around him at the same time before that broke. Of course, he, he wanted out of Houston and he wanted out of Houston in a real bad way. And Adam Schefter at ESPN uh, reported uh, not really reported, but speculated uh, that there is no team, quote, better positioned to trade for Deshaun Watson than the Eagles. We know the Eagles seem to be a little, we don't know, but it feels like the Eagles are a little wishy-washy about Jalen Hurts, and we know they got Carson Wentz out of town. All that, all the, of course, though, is in the backseat until his legal situation plays out. And even beyond the legal side of things, what happens in the courts, um, whether it's civil or criminal courts, uh, what happens with the NFL's decision as well? Like, does he go on the commissioner exempt list? Does he not go on the list? And if he doesn't go on the list, do the Houston Texans have an opportunity to trade him? That would be, if something changed on this front in a substantial way, that to me would be a jolt. Like, whoa, this is a huge story with a lot of implications all over the place. What happens yeah. with Deshaun Watson? I do, you know, that Eagles thing popped up and it did get you thinking like, oh yeah, he could play for another team this year. 
Right. <laughs> you know, right. That's what I mean. Could, like, I don't know. You just, I, I think that process is going to take a minute because I think you're, you're going to have to get the legal decision. Then you're going to have to get the NFL decision unless they're prepared to make one quickly. But if for some reason by mid August, the NFL has suspended him for eight games, then I would absolutely think that trades are now on the table. Like once they get some, once a team like the Eagles or whoever else would be interested, Denver would be the other one I would circle. Like once they have some definition of what he's actually going to miss, it's like I would think that trade will happen sooner than later. Like I think they're why wait around if you're Houston, they can get a lot. Hundred percent, except you know, and especially if he is suspended for half the season, let's say it, it is considerably different than the Packers situation, right? Where you're trading oh, very, yeah. your player somewhere that is going to then devalue you know your assets that you received in return. If Deshaun's out for eight games, it's okay, let's get as much as we can. Let's move on and make a clean break as quickly as possible. Um, especially, you know, let's say if it's the Eagles and you get Jalen Hurts in return, you know, and you you are actually getting a young quarterback that you wouldn't mind getting a look-see for a year as to whether or not, you, you know, this may be your quarterback moving forward. Um, so I could, I think that's certainly more likely than, look, anything's more likely than Aaron Rodgers getting traded at this point, but um it's funny you brought that up Dan because I had completely forgotten and and that is one thing that Aaron Rodgers managed to do to the the mess that Deshaun Watson and the Texans are in is completely overshadow it because you Hmm. know it's a hundred times more popular in terms of the player and the franchise um, and the storyline and the media doesn't want to you know don't want to touch including us but especially like these big networks NFL Network ESPN who have partnerships with the NFL and have really struggled to talk about this Deshaun Watson I mean, thing. Because it, it is a hard thing to talk about. I'll give yeah. you just a tiny example. Uh, it's minuscule in terms of the scope. But last week we talked about it. I had the Superstar Club piece on NFL.com. And I break it down into categories. And Deshaun Watson is sitting in the quarterback club. And then one of our editors, who it was the right thing to do. I guess it's a conversation to have. Like, do you want to take him out of this article until things shake out? I don't know. Nobody really knows what to do. With Sean Watson because of the uncertainty surrounding him in so many ways. Um, really could be the whole year or two. I don't think it would surprise me if the NFL – well, first, if the legal thing takes a while and we just don't get any clarity. But if the NFL made a statement in that he's just gone for the year and you say, okay, let's revisit this. And I mean, look, we're going through it right now in baseball, right, you know, with Trevor Bauer. You know, it was like, right. oh, it's, he's going to make the start on Sunday. Oh, no, he's, he's out for seven days, and he's out for another seven days, and now he's out for another – seven days and i think you know as far as the league is concerned they're content to just say hey man you're paying the guy we just don't want his face anywhere we don't we don't want the name we don't want you know the storyline so this is our way of dealing with it and i think you're right greg that that to me makes the most sense that that he's not someone we're gonna we're gonna probably hear from anytime soon but again like not to get too deep down this hole and i know that wasn't your intention dan and and i know people probably don't like hearing about it but i think people fail to recognize like how little the NFL has to do with this. I mean, this is a legal issue. There are courts involved. There are pending charges involved. You know, whether or not it's going to be a civil case or a criminal case, you know, that the NFL has nothing to do with that. Like that, that that's what's always, I think people fail to recognize is yes, they can do their own his trade request and everything about, he was right. already in the news before this all happened. And that's so why I think, people yeah, that was right, the football story. Including me is kind of like, have combined the two when they're when they're kind right. of and their judgments for punishment do not lock in sync with the legal uh, system. So the NFL at any point can hand down um, some type of penalty, yeah, uh, and that will be a huge story if it happens. Right, 
All right, let's uh, get into the news. This is the game. One second left. Get in, and it will be tied. Locke in the shotgun. Gordon in the backfield. Fakes the handoff. Rolling to his right. Locke still looking. Throws. Caught. Incomplete. Incomplete. He was out of bounds. And now the referee's discussing it. Signal on the field is incomplete. Now they say touchdown. After a discussion, they say touchdown. And the Broncos are an extra point away from winning a game where they were dead to rights in the third quarter. Boy, the Chargers have found ways to lose games this season, but this is going to be the most painful of them all. <laughs> now, Money, I'm not trying to... Money, of course, is the voice of the Los Angeles Chargers uh, with... Uh, move the sticks doing the color what a tandem especially money um i don't i don't play that back with the accompanying sad music um to uh give you any type of ptsd it's more just to set you up um money you've been doing that gig for a few years now that's that's fun (laughs) and and deserved no 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 no, uh, no, you're right it it doesn't get any lower than drew lock ripping your heart out in a big comeback here is here is the ptsd portion of that broadcast is uh remember the games we were watching them on an all 22 feed in a tv studio right so we're oh, not in denver no. is that so that was i believe that was kind of like the the i'm at my wits end when i go to my car to drive away i think that was the one where i really started losing my mind because i had already had the saints game in which the all 22 was pointed at the offensive line of the chargers. And so Badgley kicks that field goal with zeros to win the game. And everybody in the offensive line raises their hands is good. And so I call it good only to then have the all 22 move up onto the uprights, see the referees go like this. Uh, and I'm like, and uh, it's no good. Uh, and then I have the Raider game in which uh, you had, uh, you had Parham catch the ball signals, touchdown, and the Chargers win, and then uh, I call it a win. <laughs> and then upon review, no, he didn't catch it. Zeros, Chargers lose. And then that one where I have the, the camera focused on that one official, I can't see all three, <laughs> so I only see the one where I call it incomplete, no good, Chargers win, trifecta. only well, to have it overturned. I was going to ask you if you thought that maybe because the Chargers just seem every year they rip out the hearts of their fans, mm. and I was hanging out with the Chargers fan last week um and he had some type of oh, i wish i remember what he said we almost always almost always blow it something like that um but uh i want to say do you think that this is the year things change for the chargers and they're going to be a badass team all year and then my other question yeah go ahead well you have to say that of course Sorry. i do uh yeah. look i think so much of it you know look justin herbert had five fourth quarter leads you know, he had he had leads against Drew Brees in the Superdome. He had leads against Tom Brady in Tampa uh, that the defense managed to let get away. Remember, they were up 24 to three in that game against the Bucs and the defense. And then, look, Tom Brady did it to teams all season long. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but I'm just saying the you know, the offense was able to put together a pretty darn good year. Um, it was the defense that, re- you know, for all of the. You know, the incoming that the offensive line took, and understandably so, it was one of the worst units in the league. Herbert was able to overcome it for the most part, you know, and put up huge numbers and score a bunch of points. And it was the defensive side of the ball that managed to uh, routinely and repeatedly 
uh give games away so i do traveling though right you'll be traveling because you because you're right that was i thought about that a lot during the nba playoffs especially the first round when they still weren't sending guys like it wasn't the broadcaster's fault but it just was it really was so much worse the the broadcasts and i think everyone and and there was no way to criticize because of course there it's these professionals in an impossible situation doing the best possible and, and we're happy to just watch the live sport. So it was a silly thing also to complain about. But of course you were watching it just at least I was always thinking about that. You can it. criticize yeah. though these these companies that you know pay for the, or the teams that pay for the announcing teams and they're seeing well we still can you know wiggle in and use this window and use COVID as a reason why we're not putting announcing teams on the road and they're saving tens of thousands of dollars in travel yeah. and hotel. But at the same time, they're the product's not as good and you're putting people in bad spots. Like John Sterling's a hundred years old. He's been covering calling Yankee games for 30 years and it keeps happening to him too, where he's, he's watching a screen, a monitor and something happens. Then Susan Waldman, his partner is like, this is terrible. We got to get out of here. Like they're, <laughs> they're so, so fear- filled with fury. <laughs> By the way, that charges, uh, uh, catchphrase amongst the fans is we almost always almost win. <laughs> yes, almost always almost win. So I'm, I'm hoping this year, you know, different coaching staff, different assistant coaches, certainly some up. I felt I feel like the team is better than they were last year uh, in terms of what they were able to do in free agency, uh, especially with health. It should health hold through training camp. And um, yeah, I, I remain cautiously. <clears throat> optimistic. I believe by the end of the year, I think it was the Raider game. The uh, I'm in, I was in, I was in game, right? In overtime. And I, I do believe I said on the air, uh, DJ, forgive me if I am not going to call that a touchdown and game over. I am going to casually wait here in the broadcast booth for the referee to crack his mic and say, Justin Herbert was in, the game is over. Uh, that that is now what I have been trained to do through the court. I think that was game sixteen through uh, sixteen of our seventeen games. That is now where I sit. Nothing right. is a touchdown in twenty twenty uh, well, so, for the Giants. since you're contractually obligated to be optimistic. Let me throw it to Greg. And uh, I know you love Justin Herbert, Greg. Um, I'll set the over under on wins in a seventeen game season at ten and a half. Ooh. Oh, that's high. That's high. I guess All right, I nine and a half, nine and a half. And then I'll go over. I don't All know. Right. There you go. That feels about right. All right, let's get into it. Um, the deadline for signing a franchise-tagged player to a long-term deal came and went uh, since we last spoke with you, and only one guy got a deal. It was Panthers' right tackle, Taylor Moten, a four-year, $72 million extension through 2025. Altogether, it's five for 85. He's one of the highest-paid right tackles in the league, and perhaps more interesting are the guys that didn't get long-term deals. Allen Robinson uh, with the Bears, uh, their star wide receiver, another star wide receiver, Chris Godwin with the Bucks, uh, Marcus May of the Jets, which surprised me that they're not doing business with him, uh, did not get long-term deals, and it puts their futures with their teams in doubt. I, it's just a reminder how great a deal the franchise tag is for play, for uh, teams and not for players because none of, almost none of these were close or that they were even really negotiating. It was something I was surprised the players didn't push a little harder to get rid of. They got the tag, you know, the la- during the last CBA, which is now a couple of years ago. Um, they got the, a few little upgrades, but for the most part, like teams are always, especially now that there's tons of cap space again, and the cap is going through the moon. It's going to go up way again next year. It's like you, it's hard to do this 
two straight years. If you think of who did get signed this year, it was Dak, um, who was on a deal, a franchise tag last year. Justin Simmons, who was on uh, a franchise tag last year. There's another one. And almost no one got two in a row. Scherf was the only one, the guard from Washington. Um, and so it's tough to do it two years in a row, but like teams are just not incentivized to give the money. The Panthers, you know, did it for Moten, which is great. But I look at, I, I've said it a couple of their offensive line looks other than him, like one of the worst in the league. So it's good. Yeah. They did lock down their best player by far. I mean, just to echo that it's exactly why owners fight for the franchise tag, right? right. You know, do, do you really need considering, you know, the breadth of wide receivers available in middle rounds and free agency on cheap deals like we saw with Marvin Jones. I mean, guys that are productive getting reasonable offers, you know, why would the Bears want to succumb to a 85 or $100 million deal for a player when they can just get away with because one more Because he's their year. best player. He's the yeah. one guy I would think just do it, but Allen I, Robinson. I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that, but I also think this very well could be the last year for that coaching staff, and it could be a teardown, and it could be a reset. So I wouldn't, you know, I don't know if I would want to invest long-term money in that particular position when I can do it next year. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like, hey, if this goes really well and Justin Fields is who we think he is, not just as a player, but as a galvanizing force inside that locker room, then I think, well, we'll just be able to sign him next year. You know, give him his 18 million bucks this year. He should be happy with that. And unless he becomes a holdout, you know, and, and, and you know, and he's a, and, and he's not going to report and he's going to insist upon a trade or something. I don't know how all that would work, but. Like to me, that makes sense. Same with Marcus. The, Bucks, like, the Bucks did it with Shaq Barrett, and they could right. very well do it with Godwin after yeah. this year. You might have uh, Allen Robinson as number one, Greg, on your free agency uh, top 101 next yeah. year. Yeah. You just may. You just may. Uh, in other news, ah, disturbing situation uh, for Richard Sherman, uh, the veteran free agent who is facing – a multiple uh, multitude of criminal charges uh, following an arrest outside uh, his in-laws home. He was released from King County Jail in Washington on Thursday afternoon. He had, he had a court appearance um, facing five misdemeanor charges connected to an incident in which he was drunk and um, aggressive, trying to get inside uh, a house and um, it's money kind of a sad situation because Sherman's been such a, uh, a great player and a great personality uh, in the league all these years. And then you see there's something else going on behind the scenes and you just worry about the person. No doubt. You know, and I think any of us that have ever crossed paths with Richard Sherman love him. You know, he's, he's a, he's a fun guy to be around. Uh, he's done a great job in the media. No doubt. This will be his second career. He's too good at it for it not to be. Um, I think if he had any designs upon playing, one more year. Uh, those were certainly dealt a serious blow with this. We hope he's okay. Um, you, you saw all the people that have reached out to him, you know, in Seattle, uh, the 49ers, John Lynch, also whatever you need, we're here for you. Uh, sounds like, you know, his wife wanted to make it clear that no one was harmed, that there wasn't any physical issues. It was, you know, just an unfortunate, perhaps, you know, belligerent in terms of alcohol consumption situation that got away from him. Um, and, and we hope he gets the help that, that he needs, you know, if he needs that help. Um, but, you know, I was happy that, that it sounded like all parties, you know, really wanted to make sure, you know, that, that it was conveyed, that this was not a, a physical situation, that it was really just, um, you know, an unfortunate series of events that thankfully nobody was hurt. I'm sure it was scary for a lot of people. Um, and he's a big, strong guy, no doubt about that. When he's kicking down your door, you're probably going to freak out a little bit. 
Um, but you know, I, I let the legal situation play out. Hope he's okay and everybody around him is okay. And and again, I think in terms of him playing in twenty twenty one, I would say that you know mm. uh, I would put the odds on that considerably higher uh, of happening now after this. Yeah, well, I I had expected him to get a job because he was yeah. you know, certainly playing well enough, you know, to get a job. It maybe probably even a starting job or a significant role. I'm glad we didn't tape this like one day after because, well, first of all, there's no there's no takes to be had with this like a story like this, and there were some bad ones out there. But there was a lot of misinformation too, just even from the police. Like um, they kept calling it was like his ex in laws, and some of the details, uh, you know, yeah. what you're alluding to that he was trying to get into his in laws. But it's like no, he's he's married, um, and I, I think it was important to hear his contrition. Um, and his desire to get help and his wife and family's desire to help him with that. And that happened a few days later when he was when he did do the court appearance. So, yeah, you're, you're right, though. We might not see him on the field uh, again anytime soon. In other cornerback news, this uh, on the field news, Xavier Howard, 10 interceptions last season, led the NFL. And that came a couple of years or two off seasons after signing a five-year, $75.25 million extension. Well, when you sign that deal, and then Jalen Ramsey, uh, a short time later, signs a five-year, $100 million deal, and then you have 10 interceptions, and all of a sudden you're not the most highly paid guy in your own secondary, um, that's going to lead to some issues, and it does. And NFL Network's Mike Silver reports that there's, quote, a lot of trade chatter concerning Xavier Howard, could the Dolphins, Greg, move uh, their star cornerback uh, who wants more money? Even though he just signed that deal a couple of years ago, he says that's not a fair contract. It sounds like it based on Silver putting this out there, that they're not interested in giving him the money. That was what I really took from this was that other teams were talking about it, that the Dolphins sounds like, according to Silver, you know, want a first round pick for him, which which makes sense. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the league and the Dolphins are the one team that I think are like cold-blooded even though like of course they want you know they would want Xavier Howard and they're like a team on the rise like they've shown us they don't care like they've traded some great young pieces before and so I just get the behind the scenes feel from this board even getting out there that's like they're not thrilled with this guy because since they've given him this money he's had two seasons one of those seasons he missed most of the year right and in between those two seasons, he was arrested for a domestic assault. It's like, and that I, I, I keep not seeing that mentioned in any of the analysis with him. And it's like, and, but I, I have to believe for the Miami Dolphins, who just gave him all this money, he has four years left on his deal, that that is a factor for them. How could it, how could it not be? They, and he's still like the sixth highest paid cornerback in the league in terms of average value. He's right. not like super underpaid either. So you really do get the feeling that they're just kind of like, Whatever, man, you want to hold out like we'll actually find you for this. This could actually be a story, I think, unlike almost any other holdout that that goes on for a little while. If he's serious. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, it's it's hard enough to find one. You know, we, we keep talk, we keep hearing about how, you know, is the cornerback the most important position in, in this current state of the NFL? Uh, is it more important than the offensive line? Is it more important than the pass rush? You better have a, a lockdown corner. And there's a lot of teams that don't have one, let alone two. So I do think it's a position of power for the Dolphins if they want to move forward with Jones as their anchor on one side. I mean, I think Xavier 
look, he had a great, he had a great year. There's no doubt about it. I think they're, they're selling at his peak. I mean, I, I, I think they could probably fetch a first round pick for him. I know what you said, Greg, in terms of the off the field stuff. I don't know how big of an issue that is, but I would assume a team that considers himself a contender or has designs upon being a contender, you know, and, and I think that's kind of what people always forget when the Rams trade all these first round picks, kind of the way Les Snead and Sean McVay are looking at it is th- we don't anticipate this being a pick that's inside of the top 20. Like this is, we are getting rid of selection 22 through 32 for this player. And moving forward, the Detroit Lions, we plan on them getting picks somewhere 28 through 32, 26 through 32. And that's worth it. So I think if you're a team like the Steelers with Mika Fitzpatrick, when they made that deal, like the Rams, to me, that lines up. Not all first round picks are, are equal. You know, this is this is not the Jaguars trading for Xavier Howard, you know, going into 20. That like that's so to me, I, I think it makes perfect sense that they could find a team willing to float them uh a one. Not, you know, like the Chiefs or whomever it may be. I know they don't have their one because they just traded it uh for Orlando Brown. But you know what I'm saying? Like a team in that in that vein that feels like they're, you know, maybe that's their one week spot and the rest of their team looks like it can intend for a division championship. I could totally see that making sense. Uh, in other news, Saints. Wait, wait, wait. Greg rolled his eyes. Do you disagree? You're, no, you're on Greg, mute. No, you're his microphone mute. doesn't work. Oh, I had to go on mute briefly because there was like alarms going off in my house. I, was, I wasn't rolling my eyes. I don't even know what. Okay. I roll my eyes so often. I don't even know what was about. That's his resting before. Greg face money. Yeah. You, you can't I didn't know if he was bored. That. If he was bored with the commentary. Uh, if he was disagreeing <laughs> with, the, uh, with the take or what. You know, I just always... And we all look, we all seek Greg's approval. It's why we never call him out on any of his bad takes, right? Because we never want that Please, to be reciprocated. I get called out all the time. Stop this. <laughs> um, you all right, Greg? Everything's fine? I'm good. Yeah, there was, you know, my kids just, my, Walker, my son, has a habit of just going into our iPads and different um, timers and just setting them off to go off throughout the day. He's not oh, even here good. now just for, just for chaos, just to bother me. And oh, I just like want to, I just want to mention money. My instincts uh, just to move on. We're spot on even without seeing the resting Greg face there. Um, so the, the last like minute and 47 seconds of the show, this, I got this you. is, yeah. Uh, you know, I got you. Sorry. This, it was, it's more about this. I, I'm, I'm almost shaking always, the rust off. I'm almost in favor of the um, almost always in favor of like players go get your money. But this is the one time I was like, no, I'm not on the player side for this. This one is annoying to me. Uh, One player who will not be getting all of his money this season is David Anyamata, the Saints defensive line. One of the best defensive players on the Saints roster uh, will be suspended for the first six games of the 2021 season after testing positive for a banned substance. Uh, this is a 28-year-old player who really uh, did a lot of damage on the interior for the New Orleans defensive line. Seven sacks, nearly 30 QB hurries, uh, graded out very highly over at PFF, and uh, creates more uncertainty around the Saints. Uh, Greg, a year, a Saints team that obviously has questions at quarterback, and then you also don't forget about Marshawn Lat- Lattimore, who was arrested in March. Uh, in Cleveland, so we don't really know his status exactly. A lot up in the air. The Saints really high variance for me yeah. where they can land this year. Yeah, especially because of the defense. They've had a good defense lately, and they've yeah. gotten used to that. But on paper, I remember um, this is why I like doing the projected starters writing. Other than Onyemata, this is like the thinnest defensive tackle group in the league. And now Onyemata's gone for the first six games. So 
you're a Saints fan, you've gotten used to a good defense. I don't know. Their defensive tackle group looks poor. Their uh, off-ball linebackers look pretty bad. The cornerback situation is very thin suddenly. Like, they've had some bad defenses under Dennis Allen. You remember those days? It was same court. Like, they've had some of the worst defense in the league, and I don't know. They've gotten used to this, like, top 10 sort of defense. I don't think they should be used to that anymore. You're going to need Jameis. That's why you need Jameis out there throwing for 50 touchdowns. Forget this Taysom Hill, you I'll know, score try teams. to win a score, low-scoring game. That's not happening with this defense. I mean, you can need something. doesn't mean you're going to get it. <laughs> but at least you go for the high-variance, high-upside guy thing because this <laughs> defense isn't keeping – you're not going to be winning these Taysom Hill uh, games like they had in Denver when they were going against their – you know, third string wide receiver for the Broncos at quarterback. I can't remember uh, that dude's name anymore. Do you guys remember? I mean, he was the I don't, star in I don't, the NFL man, for like boy, that day. was that was hard. That was really hard, and I'd prefer to just we should forget his name because that was not fair to that young Hinton. man. It was Hinton. There you go, Darius Hinton. Is that right? No, Darius Swinton's the special teams coach for the Chargers. <laughs> Kendall Hinton. Uh, Sorry, I'll Great just add this. I have very little to add. Then, as you can see in my hand, what I hold, right? It is a uh, the Smoothie bottom half of, cup. Of, of a blender cup. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, much like Anyamata's defense, which is I must have taken something that I was not aware of what it is in. Uh, inside that smoothie cup was two <laughs> scoops of Orgain peanut butter protein powder, and I too like professional football players, do not check the contents of my protein powder. I simply look for a flavor that I like and it's not chalky. And I drop those scoops in, not knowing whether or not perhaps there is something in there that would lead to my getting a six. I'm guessing, though. That, I, they don't I feel test, pretty they good. Don't I'm test on air talent, though. They don't test yes, on air talent. That's a good thing they don't because look how I'm, swole I am. Jeez. Right. Scott Hansen would be in trouble. Like, <laughs> that, um, I'm one of those husbands that my wife just sticks something in front of me and I drink it and eat it. Right. Uh, if my wife wanted to just knock, knock me out, it'd be that, it'd be that easy. If she wanted to dateline me out of the picture to collect some life insurance. If she wanted w- to phantom thread you. Yeah. If she wanted I, to I phantom probably, thread my ass. <laughs> I probably should not add this, but I will. Uh, much like that, Dan, my, uh, my, my formative years were, it did not matter what party, what club, what time, who the person was. If anybody put something in my hand or in my mouth, <laughs> I took it and it was, it led to some very, very bad, horrible decisions uh, and, and many things that I don't remember. But uh, I was the king of, hey, dude, you got to try this. All right. And then the just <laughs> let's see what happens. Any kids listening at home, don't do it money. Don't. don't. Lucky to be alive. Listen, I will, I will say one of those nights ended behind bars uh, for something that eventually was uh, dismissed. But uh, yes, don't do that. Mike Florio is working on the article right now as he digs through Matt Lenny Smith's. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, of all the nights, right? I will, I will share with you if you care. Uh, it sure. actually was. It was the one time that it was mistaken identity. Like I was, I was in the middle of the street at like two in the morning, and this cop rolled up in, in, on the south side of Chicago, and he's like, "Yeah, you get in." And they threw me in the back of the car with my friend Sean. We're like, "What the hell is going on?" And they're like, "Yeah, you, uh, we, we got you." A uh, woman's coming up to the car, and this woman sticks her head in the car. She's like, yep, it's them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's terrifying. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they said apparently we had uh, busted into a building site and uh, were joyriding a bulldozer around a neighborhood, <laughs> which we weren't. I think uh, you did that. I don't think you could. Th- then that's, you know, I was all pissed off. And when uh, my friend Sean's dad comes to pick us up, we're, you know, bitching and moaning. And he's like, hey, how many times have you guys done dumbass ass and not gotten arrested? We're like, yeah, you know, prob- probably every day. He's like, all right, fine. So let's call it even. Shut up. Quit your whining. <laughs> it's like, all right, sorry, Mr. Rhea. We're good. Um, <laughs> in retirement news, which again, sidestepping a couple of hits. 
Still going. Look out. He's one block. One block and he's gone. Bradley's got one man to beat Strickland. Oh, yeah, no chance. Back to back. Ted Ginn. This time, 101 yards. And again. Oh, Ted Ginn, you monster. You monster of my nightmares. That was a 2009 game at the Meadowlands where Ginn ran back two kickoffs for touchdowns. That was the first Rex Ryan year where nobody could score in the Jets' defense. Uh, but Ted Ginn accounted for 12 points on his own with two uh, triple-digit kickoff returns. And he did that for a long time in this league. He just retired. He announced his retirement. He was always a special teams ace. Money, there was always offensive coordinators and head coaches who thought they could turn him into a bigger part of an offense. Uh, and sometimes he did uh, find a nice little niche. But that's how I remember Ted Ginn, as a guy who did not want to kick it to on special teams. Well, I, I wish I remembered him the same way, because unfortunately, <laughs> I'll always remember him. And it's not it's not fair to him, right? As uh, we didn't gra- draft Ted Ginn, okay? We drafted the Ginn family to the Miami Dolphins when he was considered a giant reach. Uh, at number nine, and I had to pull up the 07 draft. Remember, it was probably the most scrutinized and uh, assaulted pick of the 07 draft. Uh, right behind him, Patrick Willis, Marshawn Lynch, Darrell Revis, um, all got selected. Kind of, yeah. But just who are happened. who are the fan? Who are the Dolphins fans chanting for? And who did everyone say that they blew? Um, you know their their draft because they d- took Ginn over. It was Brady Quinn. They That's were literally right. fancying That's Brady right. Quinn's name. That's so a it's great like, pull. Okay, That's a Brady, great pull. Brady Quinn's career ended, you know, seven or eight years ago. Ted I'm just Ginn saying, had a much better career. Much better career. People think of him as like you would be a bust. I'm not saying that was a great pick, but I would I would guess if you go through top ten picks, like let's say six through ten, he's better than average. He's better than your average top ten pick. Sure. To be that type of special team star, no doubt. And I'm not trying well, to still take not away a good from pick. him. I'm just let's, saying I remember yeah. what not a bad who, pick. He yeah. had like 800 – he he topped seven, 800 yards many times in his career, including for the Dolphins a couple of times. So as a deep threat, like stretching the field plus the special right. team. He had a couple big playoff games for the Saints when they got um, that, yeah. when they got taken out um, a couple of years ago, 2017. It was Mike Sherman, back right? Back Wasn't Mike Sherman game. the guy who did that speech? Yeah, Mike Sherman had a lot of bad uh, – I think that's, what, that's who it was, right? Over the years. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, and it was just – oh, it was – oh, no, no, no. No, it was Cam Cameron. Oh, that's it was it was Cam Cameron who got his shot after being interim to be the head coach, I think. And that's uh, I'm just going to fact check you there, Greg. He never even reached 800 yards, but he had 700 yards uh, like five different times. His biggest year um, as a wide receiver was in 2015, uh, then 30 years old with the Panthers. Um, that was the big cam year. He was went 40, 40, uh, 44 for 739 and 10 touchdowns. So. Yeah, and, yeah, and a he, couple of very really similar ones. There. Yeah, with the Saints and a couple of big playoff games, like I mentioned in that year where they lost um, to Minnesota in the playoffs. It's like and Ted Ginn added some. I would have never guessed Ted Ginn had a double digit touchdown season though as a receiver. That's I would have never guessed that's that. Interesting, uh, but that was a special year for the Panthers with Cam Newton, 2015. Um, all right. In other news, Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. They were outside in one of these little right. tent things where they invent, the, where they invite the uh, the fans in and stuff. And Do, now it's funny. Sorry. This is terrible. This is also terrible <laughs> to say, but I'll. Ne- I always appreciate the quarterback that sits in the green room too long. And remember Brady and I love Brady. Anybody that's ever been around him, he's such a great guy <laughs> to be around in the media. He's self deprecating. He does not care. It's a lot of fun to to have him in the media with us now. Um, 
but I remember he was gelled to the nines. His hair was so gelled. Oh, yes. I do and, remember uh, that. And, you know, he's all swole. He's a, like people that have ever been around Brady, they don't realize how big that guy is. I mean, he is freaking giant. He is a legit 6'6 six, yeah. six and swole, but he had a girlfriend with him. Um, and the second she came on camera the first time, <laughs> I said, she looks like a dipping bird. Like, you know, those little birds where you put the water in the bottom bulb and it just goes bloop. And so every time they cut to her, for some reason, I was just sitting in my living room watching the draft going bloop. Now I have to go check out the, the video of this. Yes. Um, exactly. I remember right, my apologies. We were at the uh, 2013 draft at Radio City. That's when Geno Smith sat in the green room for the oh, entire yeah. first round. And then I think the Jets were on the board for the first or second pick of the second round. They took Geno. Geno stayed uh, in New York and went back to Radio right. City, but he changed out of his suit and put on yellow a, sweater, a pullover sweater. Uh, and I think that was in defiance of the um, draft uh, industrial complex that or the failure of the teams to respect him. And then he did not have a great attitude when he went on the stage either. Like he was pretty annoyed. Um like he had to be talked into going back. It, it seemed like uh, not a great look in retrospect, Greg. I know you will defend Geno Smith to the end, but how about you put another suit back on? Let's be serious. You're in New York. Well, buy another suit. Don't tell me I right. just had one suit. Ready? I've got an exercise. I know I have already. Gil Brandt told him he was going top 10. It's not his fault. You know, Oh, that's a shot. <laughs> what does Gil Brandt know? Uh, I want you to go to YouTube right now, even though this is an audio format and everybody listening along. Maybe we can play follow along. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> I want you to go to YouTube right now. I want you to type in Brady Falling, Cowboys Big Trades, and more. That is the name of the video. Uh, it's got 356,000 views, and I am now at the 11 minute, 32 second mark. And I have got Brady Quinn on my screen and his right. hair is so much more glorious and gelled and mulleted than you could. I mean, he looks like he's freaking CC DeVille oh, getting ready okay. to take the stage. Yeah. Poison. <laughs> um, he's in a pinstripe suit. It's bad. He's got this Michaela Maroney style look of disgust and pout on his face. His handsome guy. girlfriend is right next to him. It is fantastic. It it really is. Uh, it is. Well, it's a it's a tricky and oh, there's there's the girlfriend. There's a. Do you agree, Dipping Bird, or no? I I don't know if I can agree to, with that sentiment in 2021. She looks like a, a fine person. Money. I'm not saying she's not a fine person. I'm just look. There are certain things that some people say I look like a thumb. That's fine. I'm okay if I look like a thumb. I got a small head. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I think you get into trouble. When you have the long hair like that, if you put too much product in, it just it, it looks like a, an oil spill. And that's what happened to Brady Quinn in the biggest of all spots. By the way, I made a Michaela Maroney uh, reference. And for those that don't know, Brady Quinn married to an Olympic gymnast. Really? Yeah, Sacramoni. I believe he's uh, married to Alicia Sacramoni. Let's keep an eye on their offspring in the professional right. realm uh, going forward. Uh, speaking of Brady's, this is a different Brady. It's Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay... Times reports that Tom Brady played through a partially torn MCL for the entirety of the 2020 season. Now NFL Network's Ian Rappaport came in. He said it was a full tear. I mean, the man's a hero. But I just want to say this, Greg. You you tend to get on certain people. Russell Wilson. 
for trying to drive the media or drop things, nuggets that will make him look good or accomplish certain things. And you know I'm back on the Tom Brady train. I'm finally on the Tom Brady train after years of relenting and pain. But I have to say, some of the Brady stories that come out, it almost feels like he has an entire PR team and they have a calendar. And after, let's say, two weeks, it's like, let's drop a little nugget out there and all these little insiders will be chomping at it and they make sure to get it out there. I like it. If you're going to attack Russell Wilson for trying to manipulate the media for his own gain, Tom Brady's doing the same thing, bud. Same Russ, exact thing. Russ would have had it out during the season, right after the season, all throughout. This the timeline of this indicates to me it just sort of happened naturally. You know, somehow this. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, stra- you know, and Ian only jumped in and really was almost rude. He gave him a quote tweet. Actually, I had to. Like like Rick Stroud's got this big breaking news. Uh, This guy's got a partially torn MCL. And Ian immediately goes for the quote retweet. No, you can't do that. Actually, it was fully torn. And I was like, did Stroud come at you for this? Because, you know, I I, I wanted to know. Stroud, I think, total professional. Um, He wasn't upset with Ian. But that that tells me Ian was sitting on this news. He knew, knew it all along. And he wasn't ever going to report it. But then well, that's someone, a bad job. By, that's the truth. It. That's a bad job by Ian. Because that is something I, you know, well, but they have this stuff all the time. You know how it works. They're told yeah. they can't do it. He had it the whole time. And then you once it was maybe, out there, he's going to clarify the situation. And get maybe it that's why. Maybe that's why Ian didn't tweet it out, because he is a power broker in right. the game of NFL information. Right. And Brady's people were telling him, hey, I want you to hold this. Maybe maybe we start the season zero and two. Maybe Tom throws three picks in the first couple. Mm. Then we're going to strategically mm. drop. Oh, by the way, you know that guy won the Super Bowl on a fully torn ace, uh, MCL. Uh, Ian, you're a go. Yeah, uh, hey, Ghost Rider, you're a full go. Let that thing fly. <laughs> you know. So maybe no, that, that's, that's why. a good call. It's it like they went, they had it in his back pocket. They were going right. to give the go 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 team go signal to the insiders in this case, Ian, like when Brady threw three interceptions, and this sticks in a lot of people's crowd, not me so much because I'm on team Brady now, Greg, as you know, but he threw three interceptions in the NFC championship game. If the Packers were able to take advantage of that uh, and win that game, that MCL tear story comes out Monday after the comes game. Out then. Or what I if buy that. The, this how about, how about this hypothetical? How about then, this hypothetical? Okay. Let me, let me get in here real quick, Greg, and then you can take it. <laughs> Teams are about to show up for training camps, right? What was Maybe. in that uh, protein shake money? Uh, a lot of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm so excited. Uh, we're going to know immediately who's vaccinated, who's not, based on guys just wearing masks or not wearing masks, wearing mm. wristbands. Not. What if Brady's one of the unvaccinated? Mm. And that becomes a huge story. And instead, it's like, hey, fire that MCL story off. Let's let's get this unvaccinated. I'm not saying he is or he isn't. I'm just saying maybe that's the next mountain that, that some of these players are going to have to climb once the media sees. Hey, is that guy wearing a mask or is he not wearing a mask? What's going on over here? It did get Brady. Brady has been in the news. The The floodgates in terms of leaking of the media and keeping Brady in the news is are definitely open post-Patriots. I mean, it is a different, that's it true. Is a different vibe. But what annoys me most, about Brady right now are the tweets from people who should know better. They're just like, it's scary how good Tom Brady is at this uh, social media game. And I'm like, I hate that. Tom Brady <laughs> is the that. least funny person ever. We've had <laughs> decades of experience seeing him not, you know, be like 
a humorous guy. That's not his strength. And suddenly everyone's like, wow, Brady's got these great zingers and, you know, gifts <laughs> on Twitter. It's like, you think Tom Brady is really uh, pounding the, the Twitter pavement. Give me a break. How do people fall for this stuff? I, I do know. think, however, because he isn't funny at all. I, I do think he has his own. I do think he runs his own Twitter, Greg. And I think when he like when he got that thing to work against Bryson, he hit it so hard. Right. I mean, it was just like but the same joke it, yeah. over and over and over and over. It's like, we get it. People laughed. It was funny. You took a shot at Aaron Rodgers. It was great. Enough. He hired the best uh, social media team money can yeah. buy because he's Tom Brady. Why wouldn't you? you know? um, in other news, you know, this story concerns me because uh, you know that I have a lot invested both financially and emotionally in the kicker club. Mm. And Young Way Koo had an incredible season. For the Atlanta Falcons last season, uh, he was first team All Pro. Did you guys know that? First team, sure did. He got his Jeep stolen, and guess what's in the Jeep, bros? His lucky cleats. Here's what Koo wrote on Instagram in a post that showed an empty parking lot where his truck used to be. That sucks. I love that. MFs stole my Jeep. SMH. MFs means you know. SMH, shaking my head. Can you just bring my cleats back, though? I won't even be mad, bro. Just bring all my cleats back so I can go kick. How about a reboot, Money? I know you know the um, one of my favorite movies of all time uh, and one that, uh, as a child, I watched endlessly, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, uh, when Pee-wee goes on the hunt for his stolen bike, ends up in the Alamo. There's no basement in the Alamo, Janet Hook said famously. No basement. How about Coup? Looking for his cleats, a monitored updating, uh, starring an NFL star. Just I can get behind that. I can get behind that. He's a dynamic personality. You know, um, I will say. Wait, so you're casting coup in this, though, right? Yeah, he's 100%. playing himself. Okay, good. 100%. Absolutely. He looks like looking he could for be his Jeep. Do we know where it was? Was he, was he in the greater Atlanta area? Was he uh, in his hometown? Where, where is, hmm, where is Young Way uh, Koo? What is the backdrop? Yeah, let me you know, dig in for, on that for this. Lot, yeah, a lot to... of stolen vehicles. Janoris Jenkins left his like three hundred thousand uh, dollar car at the airport for three weeks, and then was surprised it wasn't there. It's very smart. <laughs> Not a do you, got a did you guys ever have vehicle. a car stolen or a significant break-in? I had the break-ins. doors of my Jeep stolen by a crackhead. The doors? The doors. Yeah. Why well, do you think it was know, a crackhead? Because that sounds like a professional job to get the doors off. Uh, no, on a Jeep, they just slide right off because you can oh. drive around without doors on a Jeep Wrangler. So, um, And I know he was a crackhead because uh, <laughs> when I showed up at the courthouse wanting to fight the guy the day they arraigned him, they were like, hey, take it easy, man. The guy's really in bad shape. He's a drug addict. He was living on the street. He stole your doors so we could buy more crack. And I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. I guess I'm supposed to have compassion for this guy. And I had to drive around in a car with no freaking doors on it for two weeks. That's uh, brutal. Yeah. How about you, Greg? Uh, I had a like car stereo uh, stolen in New Orleans when that was a thing, you know, when like yeah. you know, car stereos were a cool Heck thing yeah. that you could detach and have stolen. That's about it, though. I'm still I'm still looking for um, the source of where uh, whatever the, where the Jeep was stolen. But um, what about you, Dan? What's been stolen? I, you in your know, life? I've been lucky. I've been lucky in terms of the on the car end of things. Um, but I have a close buddy who I actually just spent a weekend with. It was good to see him. And we went back to his car. This is like 1999. And the um, side window was broken. And two things were taken. His um, bathing suit, okay. his swimsuit was gone, and his 
And this one hurt, especially in 1999. And this will connect with you, Money, as somebody that um, loves music and worked in the industry. Your giant book of CDs that you would take with you. And you would have your entire um, music collection, you know, 200, 300, 400 CDs worth thousands of dollars. And that got swiped out of there as well. And that, that was a crushing moment for my buddy. Yeah. I like the idea of Greg rolling into a party in high school with his pull-out Alpine in his hand going, what's up, <laughs> Just like hanging out all night with his car stereo, walking around because he had a pull-out. It's like a MacGruber while traveling everywhere with his car stereo. Right. Um, all right. Finally in the news, Adrian Peterson does not have a job. He's staying in shape. He tells Sports Talk 790, hopes to sign – with a team before the season starts. He wants to get a ring. Uh, since he's come into the league in 2007, he's piled up an outrageous uh, number of stats in the rushing game. He's, uh, I think he's close. He's in the top five all time in rushing. Of course, had that 2000 yard season coming back from the blown out uh, knee. Uh, but now he just wants to hang around as a backup and get that chip. Hmm. I think I think we'll see him again. He was playing at a high enough level that someone should sign him at some point, whether it's in camp after an injury or during the season after an injury. All due respect on AP, uh, the Bill Parcellsism. He's a progress stopper at this point of his career. Don't you want a younger running back that's more dynamic? Get get a look at him rather than Peterson slamming into the line for three yards every time you give it to he, him. He ran better than that last year, though. I'm just basing it on. Uh, what the tape shows, you know, I'm just telling you what the tape shows. He was legitimately an average to above average, like early down above run, average. I think so. Okay. Like just in terms of his burst and like getting, you're right. He's not going to be breaking and he's got limitations. So that puts him below average. You know, he's not going to help you on passing that he's got limitations, but yes, or he's better teams. than some guys out there. He's better than yeah. some guys out there. For sure. There, I would just add quickly. There's, you know, it's, it's the position with the most attrition. So he's going to get brought in for tryouts. Right, exactly. And if he beats out the guys that they bring in that are still sitting out there, then he'll get a job. And to your point, Greg, he averaged nearly four yards a carry, seven touchdowns, surprisingly, with Detroit last season in limited I'm work, 10 team. starts. Uh, right he's beat up. And and there are um, several well-known veterans still out there, Greg. Did you uh, take a look at the list? I did. They, you know, there's a lot. Mitchell Schwartz, he, he's coming off an injury. like he, That's like uh, – you know, a quality player if he decides to play again is healthy enough. Justin Houston played a lot last year, pretty yeah. well. He's not mm. on a team. KJ Wright uh, never went back to Seattle. Kind of thought that would happen. K1 Short might be done, but um, he's only a couple years removed from being like a first team All Pro and isn't that old. So there's there's still some names out there. Sherman was is another guy fairly high on that list uh, before all this happened, but we went over him. I was going to say, was there any? In your top 101 of this year, I, I assume Sherman was on that list. Uh, anyone else that that was, was that there? was I was just reading off of that. Oh, I mean, okay. Houston was pretty high up there. And what other obstacle for Peterson as we come back around uh, to close it out? He's got a lot of he's got a lot of uh, company in terms of the veteran 30 plus or around 30 running backs looking for jobs. This is I don't know if this is an outdated list, but I know for a fact several of these guys. If not all of them are still unemployed. Uh, Lev Bell, Todd Gurley. Uh, did Duke Johnson get a job? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. That was uh, Peterson. I love Duke Johnson. Uh, Chris Thompson, Deion Lewis, Devonta Freeman, LaShawn McCoy, Alf Morris. Uh, 
all without jobs or yeah. You guys do the double checking. I can get the get Duke Johnson a job. I guess he's just never. He's just always going to be underrated. I I don't understand it. Um, that's what's happening in the news. Before we go, we like to do this. We like to check in every once in a while, uh, especially this this year. Um, we are uh, or this summer. We're spending some time away. Took it a little extra time off, so you have some extra time. Maybe you're laying at the beach. Maybe you're, uh, you know. You're surfing constantly. That's Matt Money Smith. Uh, it's uh, not vacation, though. That's just, you know. That's just life. The ocean that, is my that's gym. That's money life. You know, you call yours uh, 24-hour fitness. I call mine the Pacific. You, you know, <laughs> when are you going to start sending out those, like, Instagram posts, like, my office for the day? And it's oh. the sun coming over the Pacific. Yeah. I, you know what? I did have that moment this morning, Greg. I just didn't post it on Instagram. It was a glorious sunrise as I got out early before the sun came up. And uh, it was absolutely beautiful. And I did take a moment. I even said to uh, Ken and Joe, who were uh, surfing with me, it's like, hey, guys, that's a pretty epic sunrise right there, brah. <laughs> that's like the only thing I like in my mind is someone's never surfed. That's the only thing surfers talk about is just the sunrise and the sunset. So epic. Everything's epic. epic. Dude, epic. <laughs> Greg, Sweet what way, is... Bra. What's the uh, pop culture you're ingesting uh, right now? Something that's really you're into right now. This is tough, you know, because we we have a similar thing. The recommendation station on my other podcast, the uh, the Justin Nick and Rosenthal Vanity Project. Oh, you know what? Before we go, that brings me to this. Did uh, did Courts of Thunder ever have a final podcast, kind of recapping the actual championship match between the Joker? Wimbledon, yeah, it's up. We we put it up hours uh, after uh, ah. the show. It's on YouTube. Um, it's it's our most popular one yet. Uh, you know, the people are some uh, people are upset. Go. By the way, on the internet, Greg, that you keep on saying Wimbledon, not done. Yes, it's Wimbledon with a D. Wimbledon, not Wimbledon. You American, you filthy American <laughs> pig. Wimbledon. If you have a Wimbledon I, I podcast, have a you should there. know it's people Wimbledon. People also say I don't say Cam Newton right. I don't say the T. So I just there's something about the T and the D's, and they I don't know. Uh, that's my bad. I gotta. I gotta. Wimbledon. That. I mean, come all right. Me. Go ahead, Greg. Well, he he cut me off here. Um, <laughs> Not about, Greg. Can't believe he's been saying Wimbledon all this time. I got a few. Um, I'll go. I'll go with just what I watched last night, though, just because I'm in now. Um, on the new Mike White show, The White Lotus on uh, HBO. It's silly. It's sort of about this, you know, bunch of rich people staying at um, uh a resort in Hawaii for a week. It's six episodes. They're three into it on HBO. Uh, you know, uh, what, you know, coach, coach Taylor's wife, uh, is, oh, is Connie on Britton. Kind of, yes. Connie Britton's on it. Uh, it's a, it's fun. I like it. I like Mike white. He did enlightened. If you ever watched that back in the day, uh, I'm in, I'm in on this show. Cause Mike, I mean, cause, uh, Matt, Matt already shamed me from, not being the guy who recommends a book. So I got to come up with a TV I show. I did that before we started. Uh, before we started, Dan asked, hey, by no, the way, I have something ready for pop culture. Screw you. This is like, a readable book. I'm going to go book too. A Children's Bible by Lydia Millette is like amazing. It sounds like something that I'm not that into, children or Bible. Um, but it's like, I don't want to give too much away, but it's kind of like uh, kid kids on vacation um a little bit of lord of the flies thing a little bit of dystopia very much of the moment of like our coming uh climate emergency but in a small way and they really cap it really gets how like teenagers have absolutely no use for the previous generation in a very funny oh greg the climate emergency isn't coming it's here buddy right that's 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 what it's about so a storm comes and and 
gets a little wild. I would really hard recommend that. It's one of my favorite books I've read in a long time. What's it called again? A Children's Bible by Lydia Millette. It's like a quick read, but very smart too. How about that? Well, now I got to follow that up. Now I got to follow a book what do you recommendation got money? up. Like I, like I don't read. Andrew hey, Noyer how about a meathead surfer guy here? Doesn't read. Thanks a lot, Greg. Um, I mean, when did when did like you're like I don't want to be that guy? Like reading has been the most popular leisure activity. It's supposed to be fun, and I just I do it for fun. It is fun. It's, My, and nothing, I agree. Nothing, I do it as well. There's nothing like high culture about it. It's been like the lowest and most popular culture in the history of our civilization. So I still view it as pop culture. It's not uh, great. Yeah, why are you being defensive about books? Like, because because of what he said. He well, no, I had said the way my camera was positioned. Greg and I were joking before the broadcast began. I said, hey, hold on. Let me make sure I got the right books in sight for people. Uh, and it's not trashy novels. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's you read, bro? Oh, you must really think <laughs> high of yourself. Like, uh, I will give you a television program that is easy to consume. I actually watched it last night. It just debuted last night, and it's going to play into my uh, my dumbass surfer persona. But uh, just debuting on, and and I will I will recommend this by pointing out when my wife said you want to watch something tonight together. I was like, yeah, and we start thumbing through, and I click on the one hundred foot wave on HBO Max, and she's like, are you really going to make me watch a surf documentary? <laughs> and she absolutely You're, you're reading a surfer it. book right now. You're watching yes, barbarian documentaries. You're oh, this thing, this, this isn't really a surf doc. I cannot recommend it enough. Garrett McNamara is one of those big wave riders, arguably one of the best in the world, like puts his life on the line every single time he gets into one of these waves. And it's basically about the discovery of uh, Nazari in Portugal, which I don't know. I'm sure you've probably seen it. Do you remember the... The news story of the woman that rode the biggest wave of 2020, and it was just this giant hulking wave. And it's about how he found the wave, how the city had to get behind him in order to figure out whether or not this wave was going to kill you or not and everything that went into it. And it is it's fascinating. It's eye candy. Um, it's compelling. I mean, yeah, it's really it's on HBO Max. It's really, really it, this was just episode one. I don't know how many episodes there are, but it's like 90 minutes. Cannot recommend it enough. Mm, that mm. sounds like a, a good program to uh, get a little loose and then uh, turn off the lights and watch it. <laughs> um, anything else, Mike? How about you? Oh, well, I got a couple ones. All right. First of all, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, this is Quentin Tarantino's novel based on the movie. And if you love that movie, and I know Sessler loves it, and I adore that film. Watched it many times now since it came out, I think, last summer. It kind of digs a little deeper into some of the storylines from that movie. And uh, Tarantino wrote it. Uh, so you have some fun with it. And now even like the format, it's like a drugstore, put it in your back pocket um, type book in an easy read. You can knock it out immediately. Um, and you should do that. And check out that movie if you haven't. Speaking of uh, uh, watching things, Dr. Death. Now, this is not even a show I can necessarily say that is good. But it's on Peacock. I just started watching it with my in-laws and my wife last night uh it's about a doctor in texas who was just a butcher and was just it was a neck and spine doctor it's a true story it's very sad i know this story yeah i know this story this is terrible was an absolute butcher and he would people would go in for fusion surgeries and and uh to take care of herniated discs things like that that are obviously any surgery is serious but it should have been one two three and they were ending up either dead or paraplegics uh, all sorts of terrible things happening. And it's a story about these other doctors who uh, went on a quest to stop him and get him 
out of the scrubs because the man was either a sociopath or just completely an incompetent boob. And it was a little harder to stop him than you would think because of the various medical protocols. Uh, the tell it's a based off a uh, podcast series from Wondery that was huge. I haven't checked that out, but the the television series has an amazing cast. It's uh, the Doctor Death is played by Pacey Witter from Dawson's Creek, Joshua Jackson, which is just if you're a man of a certain age or a woman of a certain age, that's excellent. Christian Slater, who's just chewing up the scenery, is one of the good guys, and Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, wow. my spirit animal, yeah. uh, uh, prominently involved as well. So check it out. And then my last thing is if you like trash culture, true trash culture, and you like really bad movies, good bad movies, movies that tried to be good but ended up being hilariously bad, go spend two ninety nine and watch Money Plane starring uh, the wrestler Edge and Kelsey Grammer. Uh, it's so old, one of, though. <laughs> one of the great – it came out last year. One of the Wait, great, really? I'll take a pass yes. on that. Money Plane's only a year old? good bad movies that I've seen in many years. And I track this stuff fairly closely, like uh, the room, for instance, which became sure. a sensation. Uh, the, it's not truly a, a, a great bad movie unless the people who made it weren't in on the joke and money plane. They were not in on the joke. So oh, nice. check that out. If you uh, are into that type of trash culture, which I am, I don't need to like tell you about some fancy intellectual book. I'll tell you what I like. That's what I like. Yeah. Greg, Greg, this is what I'm talking about. Freaking snob. You must have loved. I think you're better I, than all of us. You must have loved season two of "I Think You Should Leave" too, Dan. Have you watched that yet? I, it's so good, it's so fun. I'm really surprised that people. He, he turned his said, mic off. Dan turned yeah. his mic off. I'm really surprised people say Tim that Robinson, they liked yes. it less that, that, than the first season because I, I think I liked it even more. I think by the nature of that show, it's it's hit or miss. But when it hits, it's outrageous. And yes, I do like that show a lot. Hey, Greg, do me a favor. Let's 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 show how smart you are. Close your eyes and reach behind you and grab a book and let's see what the title is. Just close your eyes, reach behind you on that beautiful bookshelf you place so strategically, and let's see it's not what comes strategic. out of there. Nice little small one. This is Weather by Jenny Ophel. Great book. Oh yeah, <laughs> little quick short read. <laughs> you better stop, money. You're gonna give. Uh, you're gonna Listen, give Greg somebody's another. Gotta, somebody's got to. Somebody's got to give Greg the business. Someone's got to come on here and give Greg the business. Those are the rules. I would think Greg, that I've, I, I almost take a front to that theory that no one ever says to Greg that they disagree with him. I do it quite often, but there's just so much to disagree with. The show would go on for 17 hours like this. Exactly. I know it. I, I, that's exactly my point. I recognize that Greg is a bully. He's always pushing, oh, pushing, pushing. He's, he's <laughs> constantly pushing people around here. And you, like you said, you can't call him on everything or else. What? Like, oh, the show would go on for three hours. That's like, right. Every time money comes on. I mean, right? <laughs> Greg, somehow it's like it's, it's like uh, the, that's, I heard I heard that, by the way. Yeah. I felt that. And I'm looking at the counter. and It's only at an hour 15. Is that extraordinarily <laughs> long for an around the NFL podcast? Not anymore. All right. <laughs> the old days, maybe. I'll cap it at that. I love it, guys. Coming on. Thank you for having me. Money. You uh, you said it all. I did <laughs> way too much, <laughs> but we, uh, we thank you, uh, as always for joining us and you, you know where to find money and I hope you'll find them with me on television, uh, this September, uh, the power rankings program, but, uh, we'll be back on Thursday with another show. So make sure you check that out. Like I said, the television program also returns on Friday and don't forget Mark Sessler. Maybe we'll be back with us. Greg, what do you think? Do you think we've done our last show with Mark? Be honest. Hey, newsflash, this happens every year at this time. Mysterious ailments, last minute things. Every at, we've done we've got through this seven or eight times. That's why I'm not worried at all. He always comes back. The, the Mark move 
is have a preset vacation and then on each side of the preset vacation dial in a sick day and then all of a sudden you get a month off it's a man who's yeah, smarter than we than i am that's for sure <laughs> um all right good stuff um until thursday heed the call You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.